Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. All right, so we got a lot to get to. We had the James Comey hearing that happened last Thursday. We had the Jeff Sessions hearing that happened last Tuesday. Uh, Robert Mueller, he's special counsel. Uh, he's officially widening the probe into the Russian investigation uh, regarding the 2016 Trump campaign. Donald Trump is now involved in the probe uh, because uh, Mueller is uh, going to decide if he obstructed justice or not uh, when he asked James Comey, Donald Trump, asked uh, James Comey to end the investigation into uh, Michael Flynn. Of course, none of this would happen if uh, Donald Trump didn't fire James Comey, and you get the feeling James Comey is getting Comey's revenge. (laughs) Uh, We also have to talk about the the shooting uh, in Virginia on the baseball diamond. The uh, uh, House Majority Whip uh, Steve Scalise, he's a Republican out of Louisiana, Uh, he and four others were shot by a madman, James Hodgkinson, and uh, my goodness, is. This is just as politicized as it could possibly be. Uh, one side's arguing about, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders and the rhetoric of the left and the Kathy Griffins of the world and Stephen Colbert's jokes causing this person to go overboard. And then the left is claiming, uh, you know, talking about gun control and gun rights. Uh, there's one person to blame for this thing, and it's James Hodgkinson. Yeah. He made a huge mistake, and uh, somehow he got radicalized and thought that this was a reasonable thing to do, go shoot up a series of congressional uh, members of Congress and their staff, um, because he doesn't see them as human anymore, because we are living in such a hyper-partisan country at this time, and we're going to get into that conversation a little, a little bit later as well. Also, we'll touch briefly on uh, Megan Kelly. She's interviewing Alex Jones. Mm. And believe it or not, the parents of Newtown, the the Newtown uh, massacre at Sandy Hook, they're not happy. Not that she's uh, airing it on Father's Day especially. No, not at all. Of course, there was a 56-year-old Florida woman who was just uh, uh, indicted on four counts of uh, a series of things when she harassed the parents for harassing the parents of a of Newtown uh, of a victim of Newtown uh, mm-hmm. so Alex Jones of course uh, spreading that lie that somehow Newtown uh, was a false flag and the entire government uh, set up a huge theatrical event in order to get gun control and uh, and other things passed uh, it's a total misnomer it's a total lie and uh, it led to a woman and multiple other people harassing parents of dead children yeah uh, so I mean the, the political discourse in this country is off the rails right now so we're gonna have a lot to talk about here first let's do the James Comey here 
hearing, huh? Mm. Uh, so basically, I've been saying this as a charade masquerading as transparency, which are three kind of fun words. <laughs> uh, and that's what I've been calling it. Uh, because if you watch the James Comey hearing, other than learning that Loretta Lynch, obviously under the Obama administration, the then attorney general under Barack Obama, uh, she wanted to uh, refer to the a uh, Hillary Clinton email scandal as a matter instead uh, of an investigation instead of as a instead of an investigation and James Comey then did call it a matter mm-hmm. and of course that is extremely controversial because the FBI by the way as we talk I am holding the corgi did you got to put that thing down I love this corgi so much <laughs> a fan gave it to us in Atlanta and it's a corgi and I got a little lay on it cuz it's going to Hawaii it is so horribly distracting because you keep waving it in front of my face yes <laughs> that's the corgi so uh, yes I'll put it down okay Okay, I'm calling it Runkles. Runkles the Corgi <laughs> is going to go on the table. There you are, Runkles. Thank you. Uh, so Loretta Lynch, yes, as we just said, asked James Comey to call uh, the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails a matter, and then James Comey did, yeah. uh, which is kind of stunning considering the FBI is supposed to be an independent institution and James Comey is supposed to be bipartisan, but he did take the advice of Loretta Lynch to theoretically help out uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign. Of course, the um, the uh, the media media just ran with the word investigation anyway. Right. And let me ask you this. I, I was a little unclear on this. Was, was Loretta Lynch uh, asking him to use the word matter in October when uh, Comey b- briefly reopened the case? Or was this that just was an be- overall thing? It was an overall, an overall thing. thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a much bigger the, deal. The the case was reopened, you have to remember, because of Anthony Weiner, the curse that keeps on giving. <laughs> uh, because there was an email sent to the Weiner uh, home computer and then, of course, the investigation into Anthony Weiner. So that was the whole thing. I mean, horrible. Uh, you, Man, that guy messed up. <laughs> A- Anthony Weiner, biggest loser of the year, to say the least. Biggest loser of the... As far as politics go, I right. think you could name Anthony Weiner the biggest loser of the 2010s. Yeah, it could be. I think so. Even yeah. bigger than Hillary Clinton, I think. Wow. I think you could really put Anthony Weiner up there. I mean, he just had everything and he yep. just lost it. Lost it all. So... Um, so with the Comey hearing, you know, every side, both sides got their red meat. Uh, of course, the Republicans heard about the Loretta Lynch, uh, you know, calling it a matter. And uh, the, the Democrats um, were able to hear a little bit more about James Comey's interpretation of uh, what uh, happened, what went on when he had a conversation with Donald Trump privately. And uh, of course, he didn't, uh, James Comey talked about how he met with Jeff Sessions and uh, James Comey asked Jeff Sessions never to be left alone again with Donald Trump. <laughs> and uh, he just sort of inferred that Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, said uh, he understood why that would be a conflict of interest uh, via shoulder shrug. There was not, uh, no actual verbiage exchange there. And James Comey really did uh, you know, I, I thought he he was strange. He's kind of an interesting character. Mm-hmm. wasn't exactly as stoic or as um, strong as you might consider or think an FBI director to be. He's got lines. He's got real good lines. Yeah, he's got his lines. <laughs> uh, and so both, again, both uh, the left and the right got some red meat, but the American people, us rational people in the center, really were just left with the bones because every single time there was a question that mattered that you really wanted to hear the answer to, they would just say they were going to talk about it in private. So why did, why did they even... And have the hearing in the first place. Just shut the cameras down, get the press out of there, turn off the lights, save some energy bill uh, money, and just don't even pretend like you're uh, like you're being transparent because everything that mattered we didn't get to hear. Well, was this the first time that an FBI official, or at the very least a former FBI official, had publicly said under oath that the Russians had indeed interfered into uh, interfered in our election? 
I mean, well, I'm well, not sure because I know it was, it was like there. I know there was like officials say reports say was this the very first time that someone had gone on record saying that we know that the Russians interfered in our election. I don't think that it, I don't think that it was because if you go back to Jeff Sessions on Tuesday, uh, he he confirmed that as well. Okay, uh, that it's so it's basically 100 percent understood that the Russians did interfere with our elections in as many as 39 states yeah. and actually interfered with our voting process, yeah. uh, which is something that. Uh, you know Bob Petrakis, who we've had on before. It's I mean this is sort of a uh, me, validation of his argument for a very long time. Of course, he's been arguing that the corporations have been switching votes, but in this situation, it's a government. I mean that's the real story here. It's uh, a huge story. It's a gigantic yes. story. I, I think uh, people are wasting, and the media is wasting a lot of time with he said she said stuff. They're wasting a lot of time uh, with with clickbait when in fact, like this is this is gigantic. And well, I think and Trump and the Republicans and the Democrats. Everybody uh, is ignoring this because I I don't I'm not really sure why they're ignoring it. Maybe it's because, because it's just so scary. It's a loss. Vladimir Putin absolutely is coming out uh, victorious in this entire thing. First of all, we're talking about uh, Russia. We're talking about uh, how they were able. The Kremlin was able to destabilize uh, this republic's democratic process, which is a huge victory for uh, for Vladimir Putin. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to uh, the interview with Oliver Stone. I believe it was a Stephen Colbert interview with. Oliver Stone, he sat down and spoke with Vladimir Putin, and he just came away praising the man as if Vladimir Putin has a corgi uh, with a gun to his head, uh, and that corgi happens to be Oliver Stone's. I mean, it was insane how much uh, respect Oliver Stone had uh, for Vladimir Putin. And of course, the great irony is Oliver Stone could never make the movies that he makes if he was a Russian about Russia. Yeah, uh, You know, the United States allows these First Amendment freedoms, and that's always an irony that is completely uh, confusing to me how these individuals, similar with Michael Moore when he goes over to, uh, to a South American country and praises these dictators, he could never do what he does if he lived there. No. So I don't see how they, that's entirely lost on them. I also don't quite understand how everyone who meets uh, Vladimir Putin seems to fall in love. <laughs> I, I just see a bald, horrifying man who constantly wants to be shirtless on the back of a bear. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Of, of course, you know, we had uh, you know W. Bush talking about George W. Bush talking about looking into the uh, looking into the eyes of Vladimir Putin and seeing his soul yeah. which is disgusting uh, we had Barack Obama uh, speaking with the then Rus- Russian president in 2012 uh, it was 2011 at the time rather uh, talking about how he's going to have more mobility after the election of 2012 of course uh, Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney and then we just had this love fest with Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin and now we have Oliver Stone I just don't what am I might Am I missing it? Is, is is that the way that we, are we supposed to be like Vladimir Putin? Is that the hottest man in the world? Kind of makes me want to meet him. What's I all guess. the fuss about? I'm not going to look at his eyes though. <laughs> I, there must the be sparkling some KGB. Blue. <laughs> yeah, there's some KGB magic going on there. Yeah. So, uh, so yes. So let's go to the sessions testimony. That yes, again, did uh, 100% uh, clarify that the Russians were involved in the 2016 campaign, and that is a massive uh, story. But again, every time there was something of interest or real consequence, they would just talk about how they were going to discuss that matter in private. Yeah. Um, but the big news to come out of the hearings of Comey and Jeff Sessions is now the special counsel again, Robert Mueller, who uh, there was rumors that Donald Trump was going to fire him, mm-hmm. which is just he doesn't just doesn't seem to understand the more enemies you have in the FBI, the harder your life is. I've always said I'm going to be nice to him. <laughs> if you're in the FBI and you're listening, 
Let's go get a drink. What's up, buddy? What up, buddy? <laughs> buddy, FBI buddy. Come on. He angers. Donald Trump doesn't understand that these, you know, these people are theoretically part of this notion of the deep state mm-hmm. uh, that these conservatives uh, throw. It's just a, it's just a buzzword. It just means people who worked in government uh, basically their entire lives. It's just another scapegoat. It's just another it's scapegoat. Just a, it's another but, reason why this, this is why we can't get done what we want to get done. This is why we're incompetent. We're not incompetent because we don't. Don't know how to compromise with other human beings uh we're incompetent because the deep state is right. uh, preventing us exactly from, uh, doing our jobs and we're going to get into hyper partisanship in a, in a moment here just and i firmly believe it's connected to gerrymandering and redistricting mm-hmm. far more uh than arts and entertainment yeah uh but so if if james comey isn't fired by donald trump my prediction would be that this special counsel, Robert Mueller, doesn't expand the probe uh, into Donald Trump regarding uh, his obst- possible obstruction of justice uh, with the Russian investigation. I think this is absolute personal and absolutely personal from James Comey to just pull one over on Donald Trump and let him know. Because if you saw James Comey on Thursday, he doesn't come across as, again, I wanted, I thought he was like, for some reason, I just picture FBI directors like with an eye patch and a, and a bunch of like, <laughs> like Nick Fury. M- yeah, just like <laughs> mysterious scars. And you're like, how'd you how'd you get that? When he's like, I tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah. You know, like that's that's what I think. But if you listen to James Comey, he just seems like a fairly fragile guy mm-hmm. uh, in a strange way. We have to respect him because he's tall, you know, <laughs> six foot seven, six foot eight. We have to show a lot of respect for him for going through life with that. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. But now you can see. You know where uh, the power that he does have, uh, which is connections at this point, he is wielding it as much as he possibly can against Donald Trump. So we're going to see where this investigation goes with Mueller. Is it going to continue to just be so much smoke? Um, that it just continues to suffocate the Trump administration, or uh, will there actually be a fire uh, that burns the entire thing down? And uh, we do get the we do get to see the proceedings that everybody on the left goes to sleep dreaming about. And of course, those pre- uh, proceedings would be an impeachment. Mm. So there is a lot going on uh, with that. That's where we are. Big. That is big news, though. That is some bombshell stuff. Yeah. Because that is up to this point. Again, Donald Trump was never under investigation, and James Comey made that clear. So that's huge. That is a big. If you are someone who uh, you know wants to see uh, Donald Trump's uh, feet held to the uh, proverbial fire, this is this is going to be big. And if you get Donald Trump under oath, I don't think it's possible for him not to lie. So uh, I really mean I, I mean that from a from a mental like from a psychological assessment of Donald Trump. I don't think he knows he's lying. He's pathological. He's absolutely a pathological right? liar. And I think he would be able, I mean, he, it is not hard to trip up a 70-year-old pathological liar. No. They're not too sharp. Well, you know, Robert Mueller is 72. All these guys, it's just the movie Cocoon, <laughs> but everyone's wearing suits. It's ridiculous. Well, But at the very least, like Mueller, not to say that our more elderly listeners are not just as capable. No, they but, are. They're wonderful, wonderfully capable but people. But a 70-year-old pathological liar uh, who is not all that bright to begin with is going to well. be tripped up pretty fucking easily you know i watched some old interviews with him back in the uh, of uh, of donald trump back in 1988 and he spoke the same but he did have he had a light 
Yeah, he had a little <laughs> bit more. The the room was much better lit. Yeah, uh, than it is now. Well, and of course, we see that with Bill Clinton as well. Unfortunately, well, he, you know, I, I got to kind of give him a, a little bit of credit. Like he does have an intelligence. He has a, a certain kind of intelligence. He just does not have governmental intelligence. And of course, he doesn't know. I mean, it's it's like I've been saying. It's like they they hired a cab driver. Not even a cab driver. They hired someone who knows how to drive an automatic to uh, run an eighteen wheeler across the country. Right. Right. Um, you know, that is the thing with him, uh, with Donald Trump, without ha- with not having the government experience, he consistently, he's just getting in his own way. He's shooting himself in the foot. He's just a, you know, he's just a drunk cowboy at a saloon uh, trying to pick a fight. But every time he does, he accidentally blows off a toe. I mean, <laughs> well, it, it doesn't. He, and, and those that is because, A, of his uh, arrogance, but also simply because he didn't understand, he doesn't understand. Uh, the Oval Office, the executive branch, and how it's supposed to relate to, again, an independent institution like the FBI. Yeah, and I think that's why this whole obstruction thing is coming up, because I guarantee you, he didn't think that he was doing anything wrong at all. He was approaching this whole thing from a business angle. It was like, I'm going to go to my employee. I'm going to ask my employee for loyalty. I'm going to ask my employee to do me a favor. First of all, my employee doesn't give me loyalty. Then he doesn't do me the favor. And I don't really like this motherfucker anyway, so I'm going to fire him. And in the business world, that washes. That's oh, you're that, fine. Yeah, yeah, you're you're fine. That is abs- that is absolutely allowed to happen totally. in the business world, but not in government. And he is Donald Trump is someone who enjoys the loyalty. I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch the cabinet meeting uh, oh, that he had, Jesus. where it was. It reminded me of the scene out of Dick Tracy. Uh, what's the big boy? Uh, when everyone's sitting around, I believe it's Big Boy, and I only say that because of uh, Dustin Hoffman's character, mm-hmm. uh, Mumbles. Is it Mumbles? Mumbles. B- big Boy did it. Big, <laughs> big, big Boy did it. Because uh, all he wanted was some water that came out of a, uh, a statue's uh, genitalia, huh. if, I re- if I recall properly. Uh, it, it just reminded me of a of a crime boss yeah. as opposed to a president where everyone went around the table and said the highest compliments, uh, you know, including Rick Perry, who, uh, you know, uh, Donald Donald Trump, uh, uh, obviously, we're getting out of the Paris Climate Accords. Rick Perry actually wanted to stay in. Of course, Rick Perry is uh, the former governor of Texas. He put on glasses now, so he's smarter. Oops. Uh, oops. Uh, he forgot He forgot the third thing of government that he wanted to cut, which is a big thing to remember yeah. uh, because he was on pain pills. That was way back in 2012. And isn't that the thing that he runs now? The EPA he runs. No, he runs the the energy department. Oh, the energy department. Yeah. Um, I believe I Google what he runs i I thought it was the epa but maybe your energy would make more sense of course coming from the state of texas yeah department of energy department of energy okay thank you marcus um so he didn't want to get out of the uh, the the paris climate uh agreement and he tried to convince donald trump to stay in it however you know as soon as you see him in this cabinet meeting he just had the highest compliments for mr trump Mm -hmm. uh almost like what oliver stone had to say about vladimir putin (laughs) they're all holding everyone's dogs (laughs) you get a hold of a couple's dog they'll do anything uh they'll say anything positive about you that you want the that you want to hear so that was a very hilarious if you had a chance to, to, uh, to check out that cabinet meeting check it out so that's what donald trump is coming in as you were just saying marcus that's his mentality going in and he's having a harsh reality uh in the difference between running a corporation and running a government and again he just consistently gets in his own way because if you do look at the stock market and things like uh jobs they are kind of their stock market's doing fine mm-hmm. uh there is you know 
the job growth isn't horrible. Wisconsin actually might get a massive um, business, and I think it's called Foxconn. Uh, that would be big for Scott Walker, although I don't think Scott Walker deserves anything. He's done such a horrible job uh, as far as union busting and teaching and, uh, you know, the teachers' rights in Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin's a whole other a can of worms that we don't have to get into here. But um, so there are some good things that Donald Trump could be talking about, but he doesn't have any. There's no time on the airwaves because everyone is too uh, focused on this Russian investigation for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, CNNs of the world could cover other things, but uh, it is what it is. And that seems to be the overall um, story that the American people are uh, interested in hearing right now. Well, number one, you've got you know you've got the whole Russia and now the obstruction thing, which is yep. folded into it. And number two, you've got uh, the repeal of the ACHA, which nobody really seems to mm-hmm. want, and no one's really paying attention to. No, no one is really paying attention. That's of course going to the Senate, and uh, that's going to be it's going to be a totally different bill um, when it gets there. So, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen uh, with all of that. No one has any idea so, what's going to happen with it. They're yeah. keeping it all secret. They're keeping been an entirely secret. Again, the American people are desperate for transparency. Barack Obama promised to be a, a, the most transparent president ever, and then Donald Trump just stole that line uh, from Barack Obama. And like Barack Obama, Donald Trump, uh, the the curtains are closed and the doors are shut, and the American people are just set there. We're just sitting here on the stoop, just wondering what the heck is going on inside. Well, let's just go through uh, some of the things that they've rolled back. First of all, Donald Trump made visitor logs uh, to uh, the White House private, so we right. don't know who's coming in and out of the White. We do know Ted Nugent was there. We know Kid Rock was there. No word on Smash Mouth. We don't know if Smash Mouth has made it to uh, the White House yet. But uh. and number two, uh, they're trying to institute these rules into Congress where reporters can no longer wait in the hallways outside of uh, hearings and meetings yeah. to ask uh, senators and representatives uh, senators questions, uh, right. which is um, uh, baffling. Yeah, and, and many senators are actually against that. They're, uh, they they uh, see what's going on mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, and they're not necessarily thrilled with it. Again, that is because Donald Trump does, he's a skeleton team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the, the situation with the three leakers before, uh, there is, he has become so insular with his, uh, with the amount of confidants that he has that it's, you know, Jared, Ivanka, Jared Kushner, Ivanka. And that's basically it. Maybe, maybe Bannon, if Bannon's not the one of these people, I wouldn't trust him, uh, at all. No. Uh, you know, there's no, he's, he's as trustworthy as, uh, it's like when, um, you know, when, the, when they put together two superstars in WWE, <laughs> one like, of going to uh, turn on the other. Well, like Bray Wyatt. And Randy Orton. Okay. Bray Wyatt. Marcus, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, they trusted each other, but they shouldn't have. Why don't you, why don't you say Mankind and The Rock? Because I'm the Rock updating Sock'em it. The Rock'em connection. I'm updating it. Rock'em Sock'em? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, when that's what That's when Mankind got too injured and he could no longer wrestle anymore. The Rock'em Sock'em connection. I didn't like you when you put the sock on. <laughs> Think it's more of a Bray Wyatt rant. You're just not up. You're not up on your new wrestling because you don't come over whenever I show pay-per-views. Well, I'm not going to know order, what's going on anyway. I'll fill you in. It's the same stuff. It's hunks and it's kind of chubbier hunks and, and they fight and then all the gr- women that are watching are upset. That's it. It's the same thing as when you were a kid. Nothing has changed. Your girlfriend like no women around when I was a kid. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. I remember that now. 
but that's it. You know, you can't trust. He can't trust Bannon. So yeah. he so he doesn't know what to do, and he doesn't know who to turn to, and that's why he turns to his own Twitter and uh, and the few confidants uh, that he has around uh, the White House. Uh, the the bubble uh, that is living in the White House is even smaller with Donald Trump than it has been with previous presidents. Again, because no Washington experience, he's pissed off so many people. It's ridiculous, and he doesn't have a lot of allies. Yeah, and that is a fault of his own again because he had no idea how to run a government as opposed to um, he thought it's how you ran a corporation and it just absolutely is not the case. So let's move on a little bit here um, to the shooting that happened at the baseball diamond. It was uh, yesterday morning uh, it involved James Hodgkinson. Uh, he's a 66 year old man. Uh, he shot uh, five individuals. They were all Republican. They were uh, they were preparing for a baseball game that will be happening tonight. It's a congressional baseball game. It's bipartisan. It's the Democrats versus the Republicans. It's been going on since 1909. A long tradition. Um, and quite frankly, the irony shouldn't be lost on anyone that this was actually a time of bipartisanship uh, within our government, which is so rare uh, now. And if it has to be done, uh, you know, uh, under this, uh, within the structure of a baseball game, it's still good to get a little interaction between these individuals who seem to have no reason, uh, more than ever, no reason to interact with one another because we live in such a gerrymandered uh, country. It's so redistricted where these politicians go to Washington with no incentive to compromise whatsoever. And in actuality, uh, as we saw with Eric Can- uh, Cantor getting beaten up by David Bratt, um, who ran with the Tea Party wave, if they do compromise, it can be a detriment to their political career. Mm-hmm. So these people go over uh, to Washington and they stay within their tent and they refuse to go uh, and cross the aisle and shake hands. And, and that's both try sides. To, both sides. Absolutely both sides. That's we see. I mean, of course. I mean, this is a situation uh, with an individual from the left who um, he did ask if it was Democrats or Republicans that were practicing that in that field. And uh, he heard that they were Republicans and uh, he got so blinded by political ideology. He did not see them as people. And uh, he thought that it was reasonable rational, in some ways beneficial in his own mind to the country to go and open fire. So he uh, he did shoot House Majority Whip Steve Scalise. Again, uh, politics aside, but a little history on Steve Scalise. Uh, he was, uh, in 2002, he met with a white supremacist group that was, um, that was uh, financed by David Duke. Mm. Uh, he's been called David Duke without the baggage. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's a four-term uh, congressman. So this guy is not my cup of tea. No. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would never vote for Steve Scalise, uh, but at the same time, uh, we have a, a democratic process, and if you want him out of office, even within the Republican uh, Party, he could be primaried. He, you know, that's how we have to do it. Uh, so he was shot in the hip, and now he's in critical condition. Initially, they said it was stable condition. There's a lot of different media reports coming out about this, and now it's in critical condition. And um, well, it was a it was a it was a war zone. Well, obviously, this guy was not gunning for. Scalise. Uh, he was well, well because he fired hundreds of rounds. Yeah, uh, they said fifty to hundred rounds. Yeah, he 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 fired fifty to hundred rounds. Uh, he only he hit the cops and he hit Scalise. This guy mm-hmm. he didn't. I mean, it's it's fairly obvious that this guy didn't properly know how to use uh, the weapon that he was trying to use. Sure. I think he was just trying to kill as many of them as possible and as just as Republic. Yeah, he just as saw many, them as Republicans as many or, Republicans yeah. as he possibly could, yeah. and he just happened to shoot. 
Scalise. I don't think he was gunning for him Pro, yeah. uh, in particular. Oh, possibly. Yeah, that that's a good, uh, that's a very valid point. It might just, it might uh, have just been uh, an accident. Senator Jeff Flake uh, was over there along with uh, uh, with Representative Mo Brooks. They tended to the wounds of uh, of Scalise. I mean, it was a big, uh, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a war zone. There was a veteran. I'm forgetting his name now. He's a, a Republican as well. He was there. He said he felt like he was in Iraq without a gun, so he was just, you know, completely uh, defenseless. That's how they sort of described the situation. And it is a good thing that Steve Scalise was there. One of the ironies about the entire situation, it could have been much, much worse because Steve Scalise is the House Majority Whip, um, which Eric uh, Cantor was uh, when they were, of course, in the minority. But um, that was why they had extra Capitol Police. Mm -hmm. So without those uh, Capitol Police, uh, one of uh, which was injured, um, it could have been much worse because they're the ones who were able to take down uh, Hodgkinson, the shooter. So as, as soon as this goes down, uh, this tragic event before eight o'clock in the morning, again, they're practicing for a baseball game that is bipartisan, that is uh, for charity. It's um, for three different charities. And uh, they were trying to do I mean, theoretically, it's something po uh, positive. As soon as this goes down, of course, the right calls it proof of left-wing extremism and proof that uh, Stephen Colbert and Kathy Griffin and Madonna and Mark Ruffalo, proof that all of their rhetoric had led this man to go do this action, which is completely untrue. I guarantee you Hodgkinson wasn't thinking about Kathy Griffin or, uh, you know, or uh, Mark Ruffalo or any of these people when he committed this act. Obviously, uh, this is a process that has been going on for so long in this country, and that process uh, uh, that I'm referring to is political hardening to the point where politics have become a religion for some people. Easily. So when you go against a political, uh, someone's political ideology, like Marcus and I, Marcus and I would disagree, uh, but if I would go against Marcus, uh, it's not that I'm going against a political idea he has or a political ideology. Now I'm going against his God. Yeah. And that's what happens now in this country where political ideology has become so entrenched and so ingrained in everything we do people uh they let politics influence where they shop what restaurants they eat at what clothes they wear what music they listen to what movies they go to uh what kind of car they drive where they're going to go to school where do they want to live uh they let politics influence everything in their lives uh you know what kind of peanut butter do you eat it is really pervasive and it's unique to our time i don't recall this being the situation in the 90s or the uh well i can only really speak to the 90s in early 2000s. I never once politicized a car, like a Kia, for example. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden that's some that's a liberal, you know, um, tree hugger car as opposed to a Ram truck, which is a good conservative truck, you know, for a, for a person who loves hunting and, uh, you know, and is uh, anti-immigration. You know, it, it's very bizarre how politics have just become so much of our lives. And uh, two people in an atheist country or supposedly atheist country. Obviously, there is a lot of religion uh, out there. But politics have filled that gap mm -hmm. uh, in the lives of a lot of people. And it's dangerous. It really is. Yeah, as we, we see. Yeah. We, we have gotten to a point where, you know, people go to church uh, less uh, than they have in uh, decades, if well, not more. Uh, and I think people, I think a lot of people, they gravitate towards, they need some sort of belief. They need something to, to believe in, something to kind of hold on to. Right. Uh, and it's for some reason has switched from God to God politics right. and not even necessarily government but but politics uh in general oh my gosh and you see that you see it on the uh 
on the right, of course. Um, you see it on both you sides. See it on the, you see it on both sides. Uh, absolutely. Of course, with somebody like a Dylan Roof. You know, I mean, the hardening of these people, you know, when you start to lose sight of humanity and only view everything through a political uh, prism, you are going to start lacking an immense amount of empathy. And when you start doing that, it opens up your brain to the possibility that this is a reasonable action to go down and shoot, uh, whether it be uh, Congress people pl- uh, practicing baseball or uh, or uh, black uh, individuals while they're trying to worship. You know, it, it is, it, it's that pervasive and it's been a slow process and it's been, uh, you know, everyone uh, is complicit as well. You know, we were talking, you know, CNN just was uh, talking about hyperpartisanship and and all these things and all they do they MSNBC Fox News they feed off of it they absolutely they are they are the creators of it for so many people because it is extremely unfortunate but the the harsh reality is a lot of people watch television news and take it at face value and they don't realize everyone's got an agenda What's true? What's not? The truth is, it's about third most important. They want entertainment and they want to push a political agenda. And if the truth happens to uh, align with them, boom, that's great. Uh, but if it doesn't, uh, that's okay because they think they're doing a greater good. And uh, you have to break a couple of uh, of eggs, uh, truth eggs, to make uh, to make an omelet. So uh, it really is uh, something that we have to be extremely careful for. Uh, we have to watch out for in this society. And that's why individuals are so upset with Megyn Kelly. Speaking of uh, Fox News, of course, ex-Fox News is Megyn Kelly. Uh, she's interviewing Alex Jones. And a lot of people, specifically the, the parents of uh, the children that were murdered in Newtown, uh, are livid because is this going to normalize uh, this man who believes that the government's turning frogs gay, uh, this man who just believes every single conspiracy theory under the sun, this man who, by the way, got a phone call from Donald Trump the day after the election, Donald Trump proclaiming that listeners of Alex Jones are his kind of people, mm-hmm. uh, this man who now has a press uh, credentials uh, with Infowars. Well, they got temporary press credentials. Tem- they got enough. <laughs> any, any, yes, that's that's a, that's a good bright spot. What, what Megan Kelly did uh, with having Alex Jones on her show, uh, she filled up his gas tank for another five years. It's possible um, because not even necessarily bringing more eyes to him, uh, he has just she has given him something to fight against. Because no matter what she yep. says, no matter what, um, no matter how she edits uh, her interview, Alex Jones will forever have a personal. Beef against the mainstream media now. Uh, he, oh, he, he always can, has, but he has a personal one now. Now, well, it, now it is him. You like remember, where he has fought against Megyn Kelly, and he can twist that narrative however he, he likes. For he already has. Years. He already has. Oh they're, yeah, they're, they're, no, they he immediately the, he knew yeah. exactly what he was doing when he said yes to that interview. Well, he he rung. I mean, he clasped his hands together and said, "Fuck yeah," because he mm. knew exactly he, how he was going to be able to use this interview to his advantage. I think you might be over thinking the mind of Alex Jones. I, I think it's I, I, I think there's I a think lot of knee jerk. I think there's a lot of waking up with a hangover <laughs> and making a lot of knee jerk reactions. And we'll see uh, if this is going to be beneficial to him or not. I, I personally uh, believe the interview it's it's okay. Obviously, it's yeah. legal. Uh, you know, they both have a First Amendment right to speak with one another in the network. As we've seen with Donald Trump throughout the entire campaign in 2016, they still need they need to get eyes. And there's you know the internet has proven to have a model of success that is clickbait. 
And in order to get clicked, you have to have a salacious headline, a hyperbolic headline, something completely audacious to uh, to get those individuals to click on your site. Advertisers see it. They advertise on those sites. This vicious cycle continues. This is the television version of clickbait. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be viewed. I think it's going to do fairly well because Alex Jones does get attention. I want. I wish I could watch this the exact same way that I go to a Michael Moore documentary or the same way I do a Dinesh D'Souza uh, documentary. If you guys, if you don't know Dinesh D'Souza, I think more of you might know Michael Moore. But he's the Michael Moore of the left. Yeah. Or the video- right. The Michael Moore. Oh uh, yes. Right. I'm sorry. Michael Moore of the right. Uh, he is hilarious. His <laughs> his I air quote air quote air quote documentaries are the funniest damn things you'll ever see. But whenever I go to a Moore or Dinesh D'Souza uh, documentary, air quote, air quote, air quote, I buy a ticket for a different movie uh, because I, I don't want to support, uh, you know, this hyper-partisan nonsense. Um, and I wish I could somehow watch the Alex Jones interview, but like half people think that I'm watching golf. <laughs> but I don't know how to quite do that. I mean, I, I'm going to watch it. Of course, you know, yeah, you, you, know about, yeah. you know about my, I mean, everyone knows about my fascination with Alex Jones, which, right. which grows only deeper with each passing day. It's uh, very bizarre. But, you know, one of the great ironies about Alex Jones, he talks about Prison Planet, right? Yeah. Uh, we have a situation where he supported a candidate in Donald Trump. Jeff Sessions is now, of course, the AG the attorney general, he is the prison planet. Mm-hmm. He is everything that Alex Jones was supposedly railing against. Uh, you know, Geo Group and Core Civic, these private prison institutions, giving kickbacks to Jeff Sessions. It is He is the definition of prison planet, forcing prosecutors to seek the harshest penalties for drug, uh, for, for drug offenses. He just sent that memo out uh, a, a month or so ago. Jeff Sessions is prison planet, yeah, and, he, and that's why the cognitive dissonance of the right when it comes to the Trump administration is mind-boggling. Well, he, And he's going even further now is that he's trying to remove rules that prevented feds from raiding uh, medical marijuana dispensaries. We saw a situation as well, there was an Iraqi uh, immigrant that was uh, that was just, I believe, arrested, detained by ICE. There's, there are, there are, they're they're expanding this scope as uh, as Robert Mueller expands the scope in the Russian investigation to now include Donald Trump in collusion. Uh, Jeff Sessions is expanding this uh, the scope of uh, of ICE's ability to really pick up anyone uh, that they deem to be, uh, you know, not not wanted here. Yeah. And it, it is unbelievable uh, that we have someone like Alex Jones who espouses this whole prison planet. You know, the, the globalists, they're all coming after us. Uh, and then he literally is a proponent of an attorney general like Jeff Sessions. It's it's all nonsense, and that proves that everything that Alex Jones has ever said is a complete and utter lie. Yeah. Well, I'm with him, I, I'm still not sure whether it's a, a cognitive dissonance uh, or whether it is that he knows exactly what he's doing and he's just making as much money as he possibly can doing it. Well, or, he can. Or he just yeah. or he, or he just enjoys it. He just enjoys the attention. He enjoys everything that it gives him. Oh, of course. I yeah. mean, uh, he absolutely did, and that's why they waste no time when you have the uh, Hodgkinson situation yesterday morning. They wasted zero time. They were happy. They were you. You know, people hear about that. We don't go through the proper steps of mourning anymore. We just immediately have a flippant response. We go to our uh, uh, to our phones and we just start tweeting and facebooking. No thought whatsoever goes into anything. And I guarantee you, uh, if you are an individual on the left listening and you heard about the shooting and then you felt less bad because it was Republicans, you got to take a look at yourself. Yeah. Because we, you can't 
no death like this is is good or no shooting like this is good and i don't you know it was the same situation i believe it was manuel xavier manuel i believe was his name that was the man who shot up the dallas uh, police department mm-hmm. uh this was the, the individual uh, and the great irony is the dallas pd have actually been on the forefront of of uh officer reform of 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 um of police reform they've been trying uh you know to do more community policing and but this man he watches you know the the horrific death of uh philandro uh castile and uh and obvious i mean he's just been blasted uh, we've seen so much uh police um police brutality and, and uh scared police officers shooting their guns because they're not properly trained or they just don't have the temperament for the job he saw all of that got extremely hardened and went off and and committed his own uh, heinous acts of violence and they it just we have to stop we have to curb uh, the political violence uh, and we have to do that uh, every single tweet that you send out, every Facebook message you send out, you know, that changes stuff. It's like every single negative tweet uh, is a little drop of water. And right now we are drowning in an ocean of hatred and everyone's complicit. I mean, we, Everyone is complicit. Absolutely. Uh, I was watching uh, the live uh footage of the shooting or not necessarily the live footage of the shooting but the cover live coverage of the shooting uh and as soon as they announced his name uh i ran to my computer and of course as we do these days yeah. you look at facebook of course you, you go immediately and you try to find that person's facebook page and i found it immediately and about two or three hundred people had already found it before me and the comments that were being posted immediately uh, absolutely immediately it was sickening to see yeah. on both sides right. on both the left and the right people right. posting memes uh people right. talking about like you know good riddance you know like great job uh and other people saying like this is the radicalization of the left this is exactly right. no it's like no uh, uh, someone almost died four people almost died five yeah uh, five people and well yeah yeah five people almost died and they they killer himself died uh right. there are deaths here there's blood on the ground and you are immediately politicizing yep. this you're not thinking at all people not, aren't thinking even a little bit they're not giving it a moment's thought before reacting right. and not necessarily rea- and not just reacting but reacting publicly which is totally. two very different things yeah. like we can react in our own homes uh, or in private uh, you know we're all allowed to act uh, or to react however we want. And, of course, we're allowed to react however we want in public as well. Uh, but it's so much more dangerous when you react in public. It it's just spreads a, yeah, poison. It really does. And, you know, with this 24-hour news cycle, there was so much misinformation. Yeah. So much. I was covering it. Uh, I had the great opportunity. And thanks for everyone who listened to me doing Fox News Talk. I'll be back there on Monday and Friday next week. Um, it's such a fun experience taking the phone calls and stuff. Uh, but so much misinformation. And you can already see, Marcus, when you see a news channel, uh, for example, with Scalise. One said he was uh, in stable condition and in good spirits. The other network said he was in critical condition. I can see the YouTube clip already coming together mm-hmm. about media lies, yeah. false flag. Did it ever happen? Yeah. This news media outlet said this, and it's contradicted with this news media outlet. So what's the truth? And the truth of the matter is a 24-hour news cycle where human error is prevalent and where human error because of we, we want to be expedient 
And because of that, we risk uh, truth and we, we risk information. We have nothing. These news, and I actually feel bad for some of these newscasters. Like, we're going live with breaking news. They're like, what do we know? They had hair. Go. <laughs> and then you just got to fill it in. Mm-hmm. And then, sure, you might retract something that you misspoke about an hour later. It doesn't matter. It's already so, out there. It's already out there. And but, someone screen grabbed it and someone put it on YouTube and they're going to make a, a collage with their own interpretation of the events of the day. Mm-hmm. And now that's a part of the narrative. And for some people, that becomes truth. Uh, for some totally. people, the the possibility, like anytime there is any sort of big uh, event that happens. Sandy Hook. Let's uh, go to Sandy Hook. Let's go to Sandy Hook. Anytime there's any inconsistency whatsoever, like for example, like with Sandy Hook, they thought that there might be a second guy. Exactly. Uh, the day of. I remember watching. I remember them saying like, you know, like we have a, a, a second suspect. And I remember thinking like, oh, oh, fuck. Like there's a second guy. Right. And then when they came out and they said, you know, they're actually, no, we were wrong. There was no second guy. Personally, I felt relief. Yeah. Because that meant that there wasn't another guy out there who might kill more children. Right. But with the more conspiracy-minded people, they think, oh, that's a lie. Yeah. Of course that must be a lie. It's it's this weird thing where they take that uh, original claim that there was a second mm-hmm. shooter, they take that as infallible truth. Right. Uh, but anything else is not. It's like, well, you know. Why do you believe that there was a uh, second shooter? It's like, well, they said there was. It's like, well, they then they said there was that there was. It's like, right. well, they were lying that time. Yeah, they were telling the truth before. Yeah, just yeah, cherry picking the, information. Yes, the leaks are real, but the evidence is fake. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's that yeah. same fucking thing. It is absolutely uh, fascinating, and you know. Uh, that's the that is one of the dangers that we're getting in now again with the with just the the, the flippant fast uh, responses. Everyone's so hardened in their enclave, their political enclave, that any piece of information that supports their narrative. This is exactly what we saw with the Comey testimony. Any piece that supports it, they put it in their they put it in their duffel bag and they're off to the races, uh, you know, and uh, but they, they totally disregard the testimony or the situation as a whole. And it's just very, very dangerous. I mean, even with, you know, 9-11, I, I got some phone calls because we were talking about Alex Jones and there are some of the phone calls uh, when it comes to Sandy Hook, they often reference the parents, the reaction of the parents. I don't know. I'm not going to judge a parent who just lost their children. I have no, our child, no clue how I would react. I don't know what my emotions would be. I don't know how weird I would act because mm-hmm. you're in shock. Yeah. You're totally stunned. And then also the vast majority of people are introverts and all of a sudden there's a group of camera people on your front lawn and a microphone. It's not it, normal. To during go out the to, worst moment of your life. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like you can't judge uh, how they reacted, but they take all that together. They string it along in a narrative. Alex Jones is of the world. Uh, you know, put that out there as a possible truth or as a definitive truth. And then we have situations uh, like we had at Comet Pizza where somebody without a doubt believed that Comet Pizza was the home of a huge pedophile ring. But the, the great irony is, of course, there are pedophile rings in this country. They come through the foster care system. Look at the the, the uh, cash for kids scandal with the judges. That does exist. It just wasn't coming from a pizza place. Well, that those aren't good stories. Right. You know, and and I think that's a, another thing that the, the conspiracy minded look for. You know, like when they when they look at like, well, that's not how uh, a grieving parent reacts. It's like, well, that's not how a grieving parent reacts on TV. That's not sure. how a grieving yeah. parent reacts uh, in a movie. These guys, they like narratives. They like stories. They like A, B, C. And the better the story, the more likely they are to believe it. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that that's not how people act. It's like, well, no, that's not how you think people act. And right. that's also not how people react in movies. Real life is a lot weirder. Real life totally. is a lot messier. People it's, don't react the way that they that you think they're going to react. Hell, you're not going to react the way no. you think you're going to react uh, to 
anything to horrible things that happen or to anything that happens to you. Real life, people are weird. Very weird. <laughs> people Very are weird, weird as shit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Um, you know, I mean, you know, even when it comes to like the conspiracies of nine uh, eleven, you know, did the did the government did those planes ever land with people in them? No. Did did those planes hit buildings? Yes. Did Susan Rice ask, uh, tell Bill Clinton not to kill Osama bin Laden? Yeah, they probably should have killed him in the 90s. It's just human error yeah. compounded. And then naturally, as soon as these tragedies do happen, again, as we saw with the shooting on Wednesday, both political sides attempt to score political points, and we completely lose the compassionate middle, uh, which is the huge majority of this country, of people who are just like, can we just calm down? Yeah. Can we be cool? Which is so hard to convince people. How do you be? just be cool? Yeah. Just like let it go. Uh, because all of this political partisanship, um, you know, it, it's it's not getting us anywhere. And that's the reason why we're not getting rational gun laws, why we're not getting rational abortion laws, because neither side is willing to give an inch because they're concerned that side will then take a mile mm-hmm. because they everyone is just we're stretch Armstrong in it right now. And stretch Armstrong's arms are stretched about as hard, uh, about as long as possible. Uh, and they're about to snap. And obviously, in the case of uh, the situation with Hodgkinson's, they did. It did snap for him. And the heart of this country in the torso of Stretch Armstrong is just trying to keep it together. And it's getting harder and harder and harder. And then we're all going to get that sticky, silvery goo all over us. I never got Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) I I don't, I honestly never really understood why kids played with him. I loved Stretch Armstrong. I played with it for like four minutes and just nailed my friend in the face (laughs) because I thought it was more of a hitting tool than a toy. And then he never let me play with his Stretch Armstrong again. I would not have either. Yeah. But I don't, that wasn't fun though because you couldn't even. It was stretchy, but not bendy. It was bendy. You could bend them. It was stretchy. Yeah, I mean, there was some cool things about it. You have a good time with it. Was was there a cartoon attached to it? No, there wasn't. And that's why Stretch Armstrong was pure. No, I don't think so. (laughs) But we should all be more Stretch Armstrong-y in our life. Yeah. More rational. (laughs) That's it. Um, So, yeah, that's been sort of the news of the week. A crazy week. Really interesting stuff. And I think it's uh, a a good week for a little introspection. because we can't have, you know, we, we just can't continue to have political violence. We have so much violence in this country. 93 people a die uh, a day from guns. Terry McAuliffe, for example, a Democrat, huge with the Clintons, he claimed 93 million people died a day from guns uh, during a press conference, which then that would mean America would be gone in three and a half days. We would not have a country. Mm-hmm. There was just so Newt Gingrich on the right. Yeah. Uh, all he did was blame entertainers uh, that that did comedy bits or said something negative. Neither of that is true. The individuals who commit these acts are the ones who commit these acts. Um, and they need to have full responsibility for their actions. But as a society, we can definitely do better at uh, you know spreading a little bit more rational thought and having a little bit less of uh, having a little bit more empathy, just less peacocking when a uh, an event happens that doesn't um, uh, involve our political uh, party or viewpoint being complicit. I mean, the the, the right was thrilled. Yeah. The, you know, the right was, I mean, everyone sort of waits at their television before and to find out if it is it a Republican, is it a Democrat, is it a white guy, is it a black guy, is it an Asian, is it an mm-hmm. Asian serial killer, like, or, or, or a spree killer? Everyone waits. And then as soon as they find out, then they form an opinion. Yeah. The opinion should stay the same regardless of who committed the actions. An individual woke up extremely early in the morning and went and <laughs> shot five other uh, shot tried to shoot many more people uh in some ways again fortunately uh, he was only able to shoot five and uh house majority whip steve scalise again politics aside 
And, the, and of course, if Steve Scalise does uh, survive this, he's guaranteed office for life. Yeah. It's the great irony of all of these things is, I mean, as Ronald Reagan, for example, uh, and I said Ronald Reagan this, the way that I say it, by the way, uh, he was, uh, his approval ratings were pretty bad uh, mm-hmm. before Hinckley shot him. Uh, and then as soon as he got out, I mean, those approval ratings skyrocketed, and that's when he pushed forward the majority of his uh, of his platform uh, because, I mean, he also had a very speedy recovery and handled everything extremely well. But it helps. You know, all it does is solidify uh, support around the individual that's the victim. Yeah. And I mean, so it's totally counterproductive and counterintuitive uh, to whatever purpose you want to see happen, uh, yeah. whatever outcome you want to have. Well, it's like we're on teams now. Uh, right. Where you know they find people found out when you know Democrats find out that the um, shooter was uh, left wing, and they go, "Ah, fuck!" And right. the Republicans find out that the shooter was left wing, and they go, "Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. That's well, great." But then the the Democrats are like, "Well, no, this is we'll blame it on the guns. We'll mm-hmm. blame." It's like you know, I understand the gun debate, but there are over three hundred million guns in this country. The vast majority of gun owners are totally rational. Um, because otherwise, thank God, <laughs> otherwise it would be a, a far more violent country. Uh, and, you know, guns aren't going anywhere. So now as a society, I think we need to more, and this is an abstract idea, it can't be legislated. Uh, we need to have a, a renaissance. Uh, we need to have a total change in culture. Yeah. We need to get back uh, to uh, interacting with one another. Get out of the computer in your basement. Go outside and talk to your neighbor. Everyone's getting validated with a by a political uh, with a political view from some dude in Australia. Mm-hmm. What does your next door neighbor think? Go talk to them and try to have a political conversation with someone that doesn't lead to a fight. You know, I understand certain things are very sensitive. Um, so maybe do it sober, and then when you guys start drinking <laughs> beer, switch switch over to sports. Yeah, you know. But yeah. just try TV. Just, TV. Just one day, just once a day, just try to have a cordial political conversation if you can. And I promise you, you're going to find out uh, that the there's a great overlap uh, when it comes to uh, political ideologies. I get a lot of phone calls from Trump supporters talking about how they want, uh, you know, uh, they want corruption out of Washington. Uh, they don't want uh, politicians to benefit from being politicians. Politicians financially, uh, you know, they want to get they want to get rid of uh, the but exact the same, same thing that the well, Democrats want to get but rid that's of. That's also at the same time that Trump is greatly benefiting from his position in office. Yeah, like they, well, they say that they say that, but they're not paying attention to it. And I and yeah. I think that's another thing. That's another big problem in the country is that people say shit, but they don't actually pay attention uh, to the nuts and bolts of how this shit actually happens. It goes back to the whole religion thing. It's yep. a blind faith thing. It where really they is. have these these guys have have uh, blind faith that Trump is not benefiting from his time in office when in fact he is greatly benefiting financially from his time in office already has benefited greatly. Yep, and uh, you know, the the, uh, the vast majority of the American people do not like that. But I agree. You know, yeah. they do have to, and you know, they're not happy with that. Yeah, you know, but, a lot of the Trump supporters the other, aren't happy with that, yeah. but now what do you do? You, you got this guy in office. <laughs> yeah, but Democrats know. on the uh, but on the other hand, like, you know, Democrats think that uh, all of their people are, are squeaky clean, that none no, of these people are, that none of these people are, are making any money, that it's all the Republicans that are dirty and making all this money. And so like, you try to find me somebody in the Democratic Congress that d- makes less than 
five hundred thousand oh. dollars a year. That's, I, I believe how many how many millionaires? Nancy how many Pelosi millionaire might be Democrats? the wealthiest woman in California. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, how might, many millionaire yeah. Democrats? Oh, they're uh, all exactly. Yeah, they're, 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 all these people are vastly wealthy, and they got yeah. that way because they know how to game the fucking system. So yeah. your side is no better than the other. Absolutely, we need more. I believe it's Angus King. He's an independent out of Maine. I mm. like him. Um, he's an old man. Let's see. I mean, even even Bernie Sanders has like three houses and. But then again, you should be able to benefit when, uh, when you know, this oh, is a capitalist Bernie society. Sanders is clean. I, he, was, I don't know, <laughs> physically or... I want to read that email that calls us Alex Jones of the left. Can I read that to close out the show? <laughs> sure. This was an email that I got, and I just wanted to share it with people because it made me so... It made me laugh so much. Well, this is an email. This is from Jim. Um, okay, so now this email... Marcus, do you know what it's entitled? What? It's called, You Are the Alex Jones of the Left. You are, like, just you specifically? I don't know. It, it, well, we can be. We are the Alex Jones of the Left. It's That's a, what this email says. It's addressed to both of us. It was addressed to me, but he mentions you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I'm reading this email. I just thought it was so funny. Um, he says, Ben, your podcast, Abling and Stop At, was a welcome respite from the even-keeled intelligent perspectives of the elite left. I was angry and I needed someone to represent those emotions. Much appreciated. So, so far, it's good. I don't know. See, that's the thing is that I, was he being sarcastic throughout all that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to figure it out. It's, it's really, yeah, that's oddly worded. Yeah, it is. The whole thing is I ignored your errors and uninformed comments before because I wanted to be in an echo chamber. So he wanted to be in an echo chamber. Okay, I think he's being sarcastic. I don't know. That was then. Now I care about facts. Now he cares about facts. Cool. Well, I'm still angry. I cannot abide by your Alex Jones approach to... To anger for anger's sake, your facts are wrong. Your conclusions are biased. In the last podcast, you and Marcus said, you and Marcus Park said without equivocation and as, it, and as if without question that the majority of Americans voted against Hillary Clinton. She won the popular vote, so you lied, plain and simple. But uh, it's, a, it's an electoral college. Yeah. So that doesn't really make any sense. But yes, uh, she, did, she, did, she did get the popular vote. And also the majority of Americans didn't vote. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Um, okay, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, that's a, if you had the people, well, you know, if you had the people that didn't vote uh, to the people that voted well, against her, then you're you know you're you're going to get the majority of Americans not really either you know out of laziness on their parts or because our system is, or is really vote, flawed or because I mean, of voter suppression. Voter, voter suppression, suppression is, is a, real is a very real thing. It's, it's extremely real. Extremely so, yeah, real. we we can't we cannot we cannot sit here and say that every single person who didn't vote in the last election didn't just didn't want to or uh, yeah. or was. Uh, too lazy to go do uh, to go vote. I mean, yeah, voter suppression is a very real thing. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely. You got, we got to get 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 rid of this law that doesn't allow felons to vote after they were incarcerated. It's, it's, a, it's completely insane there's a, there's and unconstitutional. A, there's not a single person who was about to commit a felony and said, "Oh no, wait, I better not. I'm not going to be able to vote if I get caught." Yeah, I mean, and after after they've uh, you know gone through the process, we have to assimilate these individuals back into society. Otherwise, they have no. Ch- choice but to continue uh you know doing things uh underground on the black market and uh, and illegal i mean well, it's a subtle it's, way of dehumanizing and making them second class citizens not even subtle it's, yeah but that's that's a great point uh the email goes on you also concluded that she blamed everyone for her loss except herself that is also not true she has stated that she made mistakes and didn't reach didn't reach now this is why this is why 
the left has a problem. She didn't. She she has stated that she made mistakes and didn't reach the Trump knees that cost her the flyover states, communicating the obstacles. No, no, no. no. I remember that Trumpanzees. Trumpanzees. <laughs> good a, yeah. lord, she that's a good way it. to win hearts and minds. Yeah, she didn't reach the Trumpanzees because it's it's such a condescending way of looking at people. It's horrible. It's this it's, is the problem. That's yeah, why that, I'm reading this email. That's this the whole stuff problem. Is the problem. Yeah, it's it's so the Trumpanzees. Yeah, there, there's no uh, no compassion whatsoever uh, for someone who has a different opinion from you. I and he concludes with, "I agree with your opinion that she ran a flawed campaign. Thank you. I agree she has no one to blame but herself. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but using Alex Jones as your communication model makes you as bad as he is. Goodbye, and I hope you lose bigly in your publicity stunt of a political campaign. You are as bad as the far right. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> well, I mean, I." I we are definitely fascinated with Alex Jones. We talk about Alex Jones. Uh, we but have zero we to do, uh, do when it comes to performance-wise. We do not use this. Trust me. I've studied the tactics of Alex Jones. We're about as far away from Alex Jones as yeah. you could possibly And we would all, we would also have to get two chairs that are a lot springier. I, I firmly <laughs> believe Alex Jones has a spring under his chair, and he's kind of cheating it a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a gel. Something, yeah. that, something that makes him nice and light. Yeah. And we're also probably the least angry show outside of, I don't know, Diane Ream. She doesn't seem to get angry at stuff very often. I listened to Delilah uh, in the supermarket the other day. She was on. She was solving a lot of problems. No, anger isn't going to solve anything. You no, know, you can continue not. to be angry and that's exactly what the that's exactly what they want. They just want you pissed yeah. off and too angry to vote. We actively discourage anger. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't, it's not, it's just not a proactive um, way of solving issues. And, Sounds to uh, me like you're angry, Jim. Oh, sounds, Jim's a little angry. Sounds to me oh, like Jim's Jim. a little angry. I don't Jim. know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, I oh, my. Jim's a little um, hot under the collar. Yeah, you can feel free to email me at BenK721 <laughs> at gmail.com. I actually have a bunch of great emails lined up. I'm going to do a dumpster fire chats here fairly soon. We've just been traveling so much. We've been so busy, mm-hmm. um, which has been amazing. We had an awesome time in Indianapolis. It was great. Uh, so uh, thank you all for coming out to that live show. And it's always awesome to see you. And speaking of the campaign, the Cowman will be performing yeah. uh, Friday, this Friday. Let me see the date. It's the 16th of June. Um, so come out to that if you can. Uh, Skinny Dennis from 5 to 6 or 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, the Cowman will perform. I'm, my friend's band Earnhardt will have some political people talking and uh, I'll do a little speech and we're just going to have a really nice time and hang out and get together. And then this weekend, uh, June 17th, is the Coney Island Mermaid Parade and I will be there passing out flyers and doing all that stuff. Every time I campaign, uh, you know, I just run around and pass out flyers. And thanks for everyone who posted the pictures on Facebook when they're, or Twitter or They'd be like, I think Ben just gave me this. A, a huge sort of like white, tall flash passed me and gave me this. Um, I feel like Chris Farley in the movie Black Sheep. Do you ever see that? Vote for Donnelly. Vote for Donnelly. And he's like doing flips and stuff. It's really fun. It's a great experience, and I'm learning so much. Um, so I want to thank everyone for your kind words. And at the live shows, it's, it's really awesome to talk politics with you all. And I hope more people get engaged because we, we must. Otherwise, we're going to continue to have this hyper partisanship and it's just got to end. Yeah. Um, get get engaged. Don't get angry. Yeah. And, and, you and, know, again, it, in politics, I was talking with Cena about this from the great podcast, The Brighter Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about politics in such broad strokes. Yeah. But. Think about local politics. Tip O'Neill, all politics are local. Think about the pothole. Think about the stop sign that doesn't work. Think about, uh, you know, think about uh, the the building that's going up across, uh, you know, uh, the street from you and how that's going to raise your rents up and how can you possibly do something to stabilize uh, your rent, um, you know, by cutting subsidies and things like that uh, for these large uh, corporate 
uh, apartment complexes that go up. All that stuff is just local city council stuff. Yeah. That stuff is that stuff is very simple. Uh, well, it's not very simple, but it, it's local and it's, it's accessible. It's accessible, and you can just do it. You know, uh, you know, PTA. Uh, of course, I do understand. Um, it's it's a full time job running for office, so you have to have a proper. It, it, it has to be the right time for you. But if you think you can swing it, uh, you know, running for a local city council seat. Uh, I mean, you don't need that much. Yeah. You really don't. You, you know, you maybe get 1,500 votes and you can be in in a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, so look at it. Look at it uh, in your district and stuff like that because yeah. it is reasonable to do. Yeah. And if you go and uh, talk to your neighbor uh, and you start getting into politics and it starts getting a little heated, change the subject. Just change And it. you don't even, and, and I think it's, I actually find it really helpful uh, to not even like subtly try to change the subject and just say like, you know, let's not talk about politics anymore. Yeah. Like, you would be like, surprised how quickly they'll be like, okay. Yeah. Most, because most people, because they don't want to, because most people don't like getting angry face to face. People like getting real angry yeah. on the internet, but once you're face to face with them, uh, most of the time people, especially if it's a one-on-one thing, because it's yeah. very angry or it's very easy to get angry in a mob. It's very easy to get angry with other people but when you're talking one-on-one with someone it's a lot harder to get angry uh and if things start getting heated change the subject and try to get to know them like just really because once you get to know someone really well then uh you get to know what they want and i think that's what Americans need to understand more about each other uh, is uh, not necessarily like what is what do you believe but mm. like what do you want and like what, that Spice what, Girls song <laughs> <laughs> well it's like what do you want what do I want and how can we work together to both get what we want right Absolutely, and let's not uh, don't don't buy into this hyper partisanship nonsense because it is exactly it's exactly what they want. They want you so disenfranchised or disillusioned with politics that you don't get involved, and then they can just continue to run the place and sell us down the river. Uh, all right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been Abling and Stop. And I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. You can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Ben Kissel one on Instagram. Marcus Parks on Instagram. And uh, I think that's basically. That's it. All right, everyone. Go buy the t-shirt if you want to. That's kind of fun. CaveComedyRadioMerch.com. That's a product. (laughs) All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.